Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, I <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Welcome to another edition of the Giants huddle podcast brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. I am John Schmelk. Today, our special guest, former Giants cornerback, R.W. McQuarters. Hey, R.W., hey. man. How hey. are you, man? I'm it's doing good. About yourself. Good. good to see you, too. Everything is fantastic, man. So... I think the last time you were at the Giants training camp grew up in Albany. This is a little bit yes, different, yes, right? Yes, yes, The last time I, I was near training camp <laughs> was Albany. When I heard training camp, it, it makes my ears tingle a little bit. That's just because you go through training camp, and then once you're done, it's, you think about the guys that are in training camp, and it's like, ah. Oh. But then the rules are different. The collective bargaining agreement rules, the CBA rules are a little bit different, so I don't think it's as strenuous on them as it was for us. Correct. So. A little different. No more two days. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. No more Tom Coughlin. I think it was a 10 a.m., 6 p.m., if I remember right, the uh, two-day schedule a, up in Albany. Ten and a, like a 10 and a 4. Ten, oh, yeah, it was like 4.40, four. right? Yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So how, how do you think it would have been different for you guys not going away to Albany? And obviously, you didn't have this facility. I'll talk to you about that, too. Yeah. You guys said that, like, the little bubble on the one practice field right. back at the old stadium. But how much different would it have been if you were doing camp here rather than kind of going away to a different spot? You know, Albany wasn't bad. and I liked Albany. It was um, fun. When I was in Chicago, we we, uh, we had training camp at um, in Platteville, Wisconsin, which mm-hmm. was uh, – they had a cemetery across the street from the, from the dorms. And that was just sort of like the tradition of the football was to get away from your normal settings, go to – just get away so you can practice, focus, and then we'll come back. You bond with your teammates, all that right. stuff. Right, but yeah, now, yeah. you know, with – with inflation and everything, not now, but just years ago, it's, it's cheaper for the organization to say, hey, let's just keep everything in-house. So instead of paying all the money to the university, which helps the university out as well, sure, uh, maybe we can stay close and get hotel rooms and guys can be at practice in two, three minutes. Um, but with no two days, I think guys just last longer. I think it's, it just becomes a different type of camp. And I think with, with instead of doing two days, you got probably one longer practice. Or you probably have a bunch of different sessions, which leads into practice. You have like walkthroughs and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think guys will be a little bit more fresher, a little, a little more spontaneous, and um, more energy, so to speak, so to say. All right, I want to go back to 07. Okay. And you can correct me if you disagree with me, but we're what, eight, nine, ten games into that season. Mm-hmm. Minnesota comes in, and they have they obviously take it to you guys a little bit that year, right? Mm-hmm. Eli throws a lot of picks in that game. All the back papers, fire Tom Coughlin, get rid of yeah. Eli Manning. Right. At what point in 07 did you start to see the tide turning and you started to believe that this team could do something special? I think when you look at our roster, that's what it starts with. Sure. When you look at you had Strahan, O.C., Barry, 
uh, Tuck up front. We had uh, Freddie Robbins, Freddie, yep. uh, Kiwanuka. We had we had a good front seven. You know, we had C. Webb in the back, Madison. We had just drafted Aaron Ross. So when you look at the you look at the names, and I know some people you look at rosters and be like, "Oh, they should win the Super Bowl this year, or they should do this, they should do that," <laughs> and things don't really happen that way. But I think for us, it was it was one of those things where we couldn't win at home, but we won every game on the road. And it was it was we had a good team. We had we had good guys. We had humble guys. We had energetic guys we had fun guys and we had fun and we know Tom Coughlin is a military coach but we couldn't let all of that trickle down to the locker room like we understood what we had to come to the table and what stepping out on the field what he expected from us but on our downtime guys hung out we had fun and I think probably week six or seven is when it sort of turned around for us interesting what was it about Spags that made it work for you guys on defense? I think Spags is real sharp, man. Steve He's Spagnola, good. by the way, defensive coordinator. Spags is sharp. Um, and I think what he did is that we didn't just come in like a traditional, hey, we're going to run cover one, we're going to run cover two, we're going to run cover three. We always had a little tweak in it. We always had a little tweak for our D-line. And if you go back and you watch the Super Bowl – we moved Tuck around to let Tuck pick which gap he wanted to go in, but that's part of being a good defense coordinator. That's knowing your personnel and knowing how to create pressure, uh, create penetration, and um, create the havoc on, on the offensive side. But, I mean, halfway through the football game or halfway through a quarter, Spags would come in and say, hey, I know we worked all week on this. Instead of coming this way, we're going to come the opposite way. So He would literally do it on the sideline, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. in a heartbeat on the grease board so but Spax was sharp uh Peter Gentle was sharp uh Coach Merritt was sharp we just had we had a good group of guys yeah no question about it I want to get to the Dallas game in a second but first bigger thing with the Patriots you guys faced them last game of the regular season right yep. and they put points up on you guys 38-35 yep got to the Super Bowl things were a little bit different right what adjustments and what did you learn in that final regular season Patriots game where you guys did not really have to go out there and play if you didn't want to? You were setting your spot, but Tom Coughlin wanted to go out there and compete, and you guys played them close to your point, one-score game. What did you guys either learn in that game or what was different from that game to the Super Bowl where your defense was able to slow down that? What, what I still think, by the way, is the best offense I've ever seen. You know, uh, I remember watching the uh, uh, pregame, listening to the pregame like the day before mm -hmm earlier that game or earlier that day and you hear the commentator say well um week 17 i guess it's up to the giants to stop them and we were like hold up they had 15 other games why is it on us like, <laughs> it's, it's been on everybody since week one right but now it's down to us because we're the last game of, course. of the regular season um I think the thing that made us mad the most is that they came out and, and leading up to that game, like it was hard to score on us. It was hard to move the ball on us. Yeah, you get a, 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 you'll sneak one in on, on a bad coverage or something. But they would score. They scored fast on us, and, we, and we, we hated it. And they got a cheap one down the sideline when they threw the long one to Randy Moss, and uh, I think James Butler was on the opposite side or whatever. And we just felt like – because at one point it almost came down that if we don't beat Buffalo and Buffalo, we got to win that last game in order to make the playoffs. Yep. Mm -hmm. So to our defense, we were sort of 
looking forward. Yeah. Saying, okay, you know, they're undefeated. Like, we got to stop these. We got to stop them. And um, I think when you look at week 17 and then you look at the Super Bowl, again, when when Spags took Tuck and let him choose his hole. So instead of having OC and and Strahan in and you sub and tuck in to take one of those guys. Now you got to block three of these guys, which is tough. Mm -hmm. Then you got Fred and you got Barry, which were big, strong guys who can create pressure as well. Throwing Jay Alford with that big hit. Jay Alford too, yeah, Mm -hmm. Jay Alford too. And uh, I think just that that's what comes with Spags is that we look, we watch that game, we study that game, we study that game, and it was like, okay, no more cheap shots. But when you watch the Patriots offense, their little quick slants, their little three-yard, four-yard throw, that's their running play. That's what they use for their running play. So, I mean, these guys are lined up, throw the ball 50, 60 times a game, and we we knew that. We were ready for it. We just couldn't allow. Everybody want to rush three and drop eight against the Patriots, and it doesn't work because Tom Brady sits Brady's back good. there yeah. for, for 15 seconds. You can't cover that long. I don't care how good you are. But if you create the pressure – and you get him out of the pocket, make him move around, make him think, make him throw the ball where he doesn't really want to throw. And then that was a, that was one of the reasons why we were able to be successful. Giants Auto Podcast is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. From game day to every day, Citizens is made ready for Giant fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com. You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with Citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings? And our dub, it's funny. You keep giving all the credit to the front. I want to give credit to the secondary. I know, man. I mean, yeah, Randy look. Moss is Randy freaking Moss here, I know, man. I mean, I know. and you guys slowed him down in we that did. Super Bowl. So what did you guys do well in the secondary? Did you mix your coverages up? What we was did. it about what you guys did back there? That I remember Spags told me after the game, James Butler played the perfect game. He was in this right spot every time, and it seemed like all you guys were. So no. what did you guys do in the back end that worked so well? I think what helped with us in the back end is that we put James Butler and, and Corey Webbs on the same side. We had Sam Madison and Jabril on the same side. Jabril Wilson. But um, James Butler, Corey Webster, uh, they used to always watch film together. They were kind of real tight buddies. So they they communicated well on and off the field. So that works, and it helped on the field. Um, Again, we weren't going to – we wasn't going to allow Tom Brady to sit back there in the pocket for seven, eight, 12 seconds to get rid of the football. So we tweaked it a little bit. We brought pressure off the end. We brought pressure inside. We double teamed Randy Moss. We didn't double team um, the the Welker. The, we didn't double team Welker. Every once in a while, if we had gone nickel and we brought in Ross in, we would probably do a little double. And you probably had Welker a lot of that game out. Yeah, imagine, a little bit. Right? Yep, yeah. yep. And then um, uh, you had another wide. You had the other wide receiver in the slot. I can't think of his name. And then you had the tight end. The Amendola tight end. wasn't there yet, right? Yet, or is it was he wasn't there? No, yet? he wasn't was there. No, yet. I didn't think no. so. Um, but I think watching that film and basically doing everything different that every other team faced. Now, early in that season, I think Baltimore almost beat uh, the Patriots. I think it was Baltimore almost beat them. Um, but what we did is we we continued to apply pressure, and I think that's what helped us. All right. Finally, how much on the Super Bowl? How much were you holding your breath on those deep passes to Moss at the end of that game? 
Man, it was. It was I, close. I think, I think that last drive was was huge. I think our last drive, mm -hmm. we you know we sitting on the edge, and their last drive because they were so close, and we like, man. Hey, Corey got his hand on that ball, it, dude. Look and look and look, look. When you watch the Patriots, every time it's a close game towards the end that they win, it's always a flag, pass interference flag, holding flag, some of that nature. So we were more concerned about. Man, please don't give these guys a call. Don't give these guys Make another them four it, right? downs. Yeah. yeah. We knew how tough they were. They had a lot of weapons. They had a lot of speed. They had a lot of chemistry. So we did not want them to get another four downs. Of course, your big play during that run, among others, was the interception at the end of that Dallas game. Yes. And, you know, they, people forget they were, they only lost two games all year. They were the one seed in the Dude. NFC. They were really good. They team. were the best team in the league that year. And and my well, they beat us twice that year. Mm -hmm. We we it was hard for us to beat Dallas in Dallas at home. They had a good one-two punch. They would start out with Julius Jones, a little fast, quicker back. And then Marion Barber, a compound you in the second half. All the while, you you got um, T.O. Uh, you got T.O. Witten. You got Witten, Terry Glenn. Terry Glenn, that's right. Uh, Patrick Pat Creighton, Patrick right? Patrick Creighton. Mm -hmm. They just had a good group of guys. They they knew their system in Dallas. When you look at Dallas' offense, they're real simple. And a great offensive line, too, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were real simple. But Julius Jones would have like 100 yards rushing on us in the first half, and then here come Marion Barber in the second half, pounding you while you're tired. It was just tough for us to beat Dallas that year. And it's, when you think about that game, and I, I brought up the drive chart of that game, mm -hmm. I want to remind myself, and there really weren't that many possessions in that game. No. In the first half, each team only had four and I think four four possessions each. That's yeah. not a lot of yeah. possessions no. in the half. You guys had a really long drive to start. We had a long. And then Marion Barber went for like 90 yards on yeah. one drive against you yep. guys the other way. Yep. You know, Dallas scored in that game on their first – or three out of their first four drives, but then you guys stopped them on the last four. Mm -hmm. So what changed? They had so much success against you guys early in that game, but then you really shut them down in the third quarter into the fourth. Again, I think it was the pressure up front. I think we, we changed the defense on the back end. We knew that they were trying to go to T.O. because Terry Glenn had been out a couple of games leading up to that game. Yeah. That playoff game, he was just now coming back. And T.O. had the ankle too, right? T.O. had yeah. the ankle. They were sort of banged up. Patrick Collins, I mean, uh, Creighton. Patrick Creighton mm -hmm. was the like their third wide receiver, which became like their main guy, so to speak. Um, but they had a good – They had. I mean, you got T.O., Terry Glenn – Patrick Witten. And then you got Julius Jones coming out the backfield. Well, where are your five wide receivers? You know? <laughs> um, and, and and a lot of people talk about Tony Romo, but let me tell you what Tony Romo does good or what he did well. He would buy himself more time, avoiding a rush. Oh, he, he, he had that under a spin sack, move in the pocket. That little yeah, spin uh -huh, uh -huh. just to buy him time. And with Dallas against us, Dallas wasn't necessarily trying to hit the big one all the time. They just wanted to keep moving the ball, keep moving the ball, run up the clock, use as much time as possible. But like you said, um, we did some things on the back end. We knew that they were going to try to go to T.O. And Terry Glenn was just now coming back. So we knew he was going to be the target. I think we had pretty much shut down the run game at that point. You did. And in the first yeah. half, they got you with yeah, the run game. But yeah. the second half, I think, frankly, I think Marion Barber ran out of juice. I he think went so. for like 110 in the first half, and then he had nothing left. Well, well, you used to have Julius <laughs> Jones and, and Marion Barber. was the second half. They yeah. like, oh, they Dallas got smart and said, oh, well, let's use Marion Barber the whole game. No, keep this one-two punch. You're right. It's deadly as a defensive guy. Of course, 100%. <laughs>
you love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? All right. Uh, take us to that play. Fourth and 11. Okay. Uh, Dallas had it on your guys' 23. They were driving. Yep. They had some penalties on that drive. That, yep. that, that, that kind of hurt them. So you got them in that fourth and long. Take us to the play. What did you see? How did you okay. get the interception on that pass to Terry Glenn? I'm going to tell you what happened. So I was on defensive left. Mm-hmm. I was playing slot. Corey Webster was the wide receiver. I mean, was the cornerback. James Butler was the safety. So they were like two by two. Well, the first snap, I think it was, um, I think Patrick was out wide. Terry Glenn. No, Terry Glenn was out wide. Patrick was in a slot. Okay. T.O. was out wide to our right, the defensive right. Mm -hmm. It was third down. They went long to T.O. on defensive right side, offensive left side. And I think it was incomplete pass. Mm-hmm. Well, that play, that very same play, on the side that Terry, uh, that Corey Webster and I was on, they did this funky little route. And I looked at Corey and I was like, "Hey, man, what are we gonna do on this one?" He said, <laughs> "He was like, look, if you run a hitch, you know, you just stay." He said, "Just stay, and I'll just stay on mine." I was like, "Okay." Well, they that next play, they came back with the same play, but they put Terry Glenn in a slot on my side. Patrick is out wide, and I think T.O. was on the opposite end. Well, we was in a defense called Florida at the time, and my job was to stay inside of number two. If he breaks out, he goes out to the corner. The safety picks up one, sort of frees me up, sure. that type of thing. And Terry Glenn, he he ran he ran like a little shake route, but he was he was running like a little stutter. So he was running up like a little stutter to continue on to the, to the end zone. And I knew that they run they, they they run this play all the time. So he ran a little stutter and I just stayed inside. And I mean, the moment, and, and I, I've told my friends this story, I don't even know how, how I got my hands up because the moment I turned to look for the ball, it was there. It was like, bam, bam. I mean, it was that, it felt like it was that fast. And I knew that Terry Glenn in a slot, he was on the opposite side of the previous play. They came back with the same formation. They switched him to the slot on the opposite side to my side. And I said, man, they got to be throwing at Terry Glenn because that was his first game back. And uh, I just stayed inside. I was able to get my hands up. I knew that was it. We had a couple more time, uh, a couple more minutes on the clock. But I was like, nah, we got to run this out. So it felt good. I can imagine. Giant fans love a winner. It's why they love Citizens. Named the 2022 Best Bank in the U.S. by the Banker as the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the Giants Huddle. Citizens is made ready for Big Blue. Learn more at CitizensBank.com. All right, finally, RW, I know you keep track of the league. What do you think about what the Giants did last year and how they're doing under a new regime with uh, Dave's and Joe Shane? Uh, you know what? I, I, like, I like the head coach. I like um, – I was kind of shocked we made the playoffs last year, but I was happy we made the playoffs. And I was like, okay, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day. I was, he asked me, how do you think the Giants are going to do? I said, man, we made the playoffs last year. We should probably get there again, maybe second round. Uh, it just depends on, you know, how the injury situation goes. But for the most part, they got a lot of the same people back. I know it's always a new year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But, you know, Daniel's looking a little bit better, looking stronger and looking more mature now. Uh, they just signed Saquon. I just I just hope that Saquon can stay healthy. I hope the wide receivers can stay healthy. And I think if the wide receivers stay healthy last year, Giants go a little bit further in the playoffs, in my opinion. But we had some wide receivers go down late, yeah. which hurt us. Final question. How do you think the direction the league is going? You know, we've kind of seen a shift um, from – a lot of two safety deep. Then they everyone copied the Seahawks thing with the cover three. Now everyone's going back to the Vic Fangio stuff with two safeties deep again. It's all cyclical. How do you think? How do you? What's your feel in terms of where the league is and, and kind of where is it going in terms of style of play? I think, I think you're going to see in the next probably four or five years, a lot of teams really like just, just lining up. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to throw the ball. We're going to throw the ball. I know you got to run the ball. I think there's going to be a shift with back to running the ball. I believe it's coming. Because well, yeah, now, you're going to play two safeties deep, right? Right. But but I'm saying, like, we've seen every West Coast offense style offense there is, whatever it is. We've seen it. Now they're saying that the your handoff in front is, is a is illegal pass now. Mm -hmm. So now you got to get back to behind the ball. So you're going to get back to the runs. You're going to get back to trying to pound and running out the clock and wearing a team down instead of – because sometimes you'll, look, you'll watch a football game and it's like four minutes in, this is a third possession. <laughs> like, what? I know. And it's like they coming out, they throwing the ball three, four times uh, a possession – I mean, a, a series and, and three and out punt, three and out punt. And then you look up and it's like they hadn't really moved the ball, but I think you're going to get back to guys running the football. Or Doug, I'm still passing the ball, but just more, more, more running. Pleasure, my man. Thank you, man. Good seeing you. It's been a long time. It. Great yes, having R.W. McQuarters on the Giants Go on the podcast. Blue. Brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.